Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Hey everyone, Tamara here. So today we have a pretty exciting pop-up experience for all of us uh, in the Launch Street and the Everyday Innovators Tribe community. We have a guest on Inside Launch Street podcast. So I'm super excited about today because we're going to dig into persuasion, getting buy-in, sales, which all of us are in in some way or another, whether we're doing it with clients, we're doing it to our leadership, we're doing it to our team, whatever it is, we're selling. And particularly when it comes to I think innovative ideas and new paths and having to get buy-in for change, uh, we're in sales. So Merritt, with that, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and then we are going to dig in. And let me just tell everyone, I've known Merritt for such a long time, so this is so exciting. So <laughs> there might be like some tangents in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just a few. Well, yeah. thanks, Tamara, for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, since 1998, I've been doing sales, sales management, training, speaking professionally, and business development topics. And most of the people that I've done work with have been, uh, you know, they're entrepreneurs, they're business leaders, they're very good at what they do. And they're super frustrated because it should be easier to do business than it is, right? The guy down the street's getting the business because they're good at the sales part, but they're better at doing the actual work. And I would say most of my clients sell more like custom engineered solutions or creative things. So, you know, sales was not something that they really wanted to be good at right? They're, they're creatives. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it requires a little bit more than, you know, just your standard, how do I get through sales process? So, so just relate that to the people in our community. So really, like the people I'm just thinking off the top of my head, some people, in fact, that I interacted with today, people who um, sell energy packages, people who do B2B IT sales, people who do branding and marketing consulting, kind of all that kind of realm of not the like, Here's my widget, let me sell it. But I'm glad there wasn't anything inappropriate on that one. Here's my widget, (laughs) let me sell it. But also, like, it's a more, I think if I hear you right, it's a more complex sale. That's the right way to say it. How I simply describe it is if if you can easily just put it in your shopping cart online or in a store, those are not my Mm -hmm. prospects. Those are not my clients, right? It's, It's something a little bit more, it requires an expert or some creative person to put together the right solution for that particular situation. Okay, I see, got it. Okay, so we have a lot to dig into. So I was thinking, Merritt, that we could start, just start, with something that I heard you say recently and that I've been having a lot of conversations with in our community about having a relationship with reality and how solving today's challenges is not the same as yesterday's. Um, in fact, I was just had we did an innovation jam session this morning in our membership site, and we had this. We did a whole worksheet around: Are you solving yesterday's challenges? Which, by the way, is only two or three months ago. That's how fast the world is changing, right? Or are you, right. Are you solving today's challenges? But I want to tackle that. I'd love to hear your perspective on because I've heard you say a few things and tackle that from a sales perspective because uh, as some of these people are probably watching heard me say earlier, I got this call from this SEO company that told me they could fix some of my broken links and. I don't know, optimize my blog pages. And I was like, that's not a problem I have right now. If you call me in February, maybe, 
But now I've moved on to whole different problems in that same realm. So just from what yeah. you're seeing in your experience, how, how do you how do you think about this and what advice do you give? Well, I I routinely say that, you know, it, you don't want to be in an argument with reality. And the reality <laughs> is that life changed for everybody, in, you know, in, in February, March, right? And I think it really comes down to, you know, the, so if you're selling with the, or going to market with the same messaging, the same language and the same processes and systems that you did in, in January, you are in an argument with reality. Um, in that example that you gave, like if you're selling the same stuff in the same way, people look at you like, do, do they have any idea what, what's what going happened? on? Like, yeah. plugged in at all do you have an internet connection like what 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 is going on with you <laughs> so I, I, uh, I was I was sharing with a group I was doing a training on some emotional intelligence and how that impacts our sales strategies these days I was talking to them about the distinctions with empathy and assertiveness so I'll give you an example yeah. if you have low empathy, and high assertiveness, then what that means is you are probably going to be going out to market with the same messaging, right? Like, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to make my sales numbers. I'm going to build right, my right. brand. And, and it's so, kind of a little bit more internally driven, right? Like I need to do to get this done. Yes. Yeah. I don't care what's going on. I got a, I got my agenda and I'm going to force my agenda on you. That's what a low empathy, high assertiveness mm -hmm. person would do. Conversely, if you were high empathy, low assertiveness, well, those people aren't making any sales calls anyway. But the but honestly, they probably weren't making any sales calls in January either. But now they have an excuse, right? Like, ah, oh, like, it's over, like we're all struggling. Nobody's buying right now. Right. Like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, everybody's, we just got to get through this. And then, and then I'll turn on sales. Right. So it's the end then statements. Right. You didn't have the assertiveness to sell before. Like right. they're just using this as a very convenient excuse to do what they probably weren't doing from a sales perspective anyway. Can I ask you a flip question on that for a second? Do you sure. think there are buyers who are using that as well to have a fight with reality, to delay what they need to do, to stay comfortable and warm and let their primal brain, right? Because I just think about a conversation I had where, the person on the other end, it was all everything you just said, but from the buyer perspective too. Yeah. Well, and we, if you're in a sales, if you're wearing a sales hat, right, whether you're a business leader, or you're, you know, running a department or you're just needing yeah. to be influential with your teams, not necessarily selling a thing. We need to bring an appropriate level of empathy and assertiveness to that conversation to establish an environment where a buyer of our ideas or our products and services can be receptive and open to hearing what we have to say and be open to having a real, honest, straightforward dialogue about what their needs really are. And that's what people are getting wrong right now is we're not, you know, we've got to take the, the lead role in creating that environment that makes it okay to have a business conversation. So give me an example of how we do that, because I'm really from a, a, a sales and a buying perspective, I think I, I love that kind of how you're framing this of this empathy and assertiveness. I never really thought about the two. Will you give me an example? I get out of whack, right? No yep. empathy or frankly, too much empathy. But give me an example of a balance. What would that look like? Yep. A balance would be 
uh, I might say to you, you know what, Tamara, um, it feels almost awkward to have a, an old fashioned business conversation in light of everything that's going on right now. But if you're open to it, can we just put that aside for a moment and talk about something that we actually have the ability to control in our lives for a little bit? And like that's that. acknowledging, look, there's a lot going on for all of us, Yeah. but also being assertive and assertive is distinct from aggressive, right? I'm not, that's not aggressive. Like, well, look, I don't care what's going on. Let's just talk. It's assertive is I'm saying what needs to be said. You need to do business. I need to do business. Let's do it in an appropriate way, given the situation. And that's how, and, and the, the magic phrase, the one I've become known for is, are you open to? Mm. And when I say that, you know, nobody doesn't want to be open, right? Right, right, right. Like, oh, I'm not open to that. No, I'm not open to the conversation. No. <laughs> well, then you're a jerk. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody wants to be open. So yeah. that's the magic phrase. And you just say, you know, if yeah. you're open to it, let's just have a conversation about something that is within our level or our, of our mm. realm of control. Because everything feels so out of control right now. Can we just deal with this one little piece of life? business. And and I would venture to say, right, that that works, whether you're in a quote unquote traditional sales situation, or if you are trying to present your ideas to leadership to get buying, because that's the same, at the end of the day, it's the same thing, right? You're selling something and the other person has to agree to it. Um, is that kind of, are you open to this conversation? And it's interesting because at first, when you first said it, I thought, well, does that make me look weak? Like, I know we need to have this conversation, but really what you're doing is allowing them to say yes before you continue on so that so that they are receptive to it, which is the key there, right? And I wanna ask you one other thing about sales, um, and sorry if this is a tangent, but it's just what you were saying brought this up to me, uh, for me. So I've heard other people talk about in, in the time that we're in, in the crazy uncertainty, and I think Mary, you and I have had this conversation on the side, but I think we, you and I would both state that this is the way it is. like. Change, this is it. So we got to figure out how to manage the situation, right? Because there's no like, oh, Monday's here. Now everything's back. Like it's not. <laughs> so but I've heard other people say, just, just be there, just be there for people. And I'm, that's the way I'm saying it sounds like I'm such a mean person. I don't mean it selfishly. I just mean, well, yeah, but I got to, I'm in business, right? Like I got to make money. I got to get ideas. I got to get traction on my ideas. I got to get buy-in. So what is your advice to people who are just trying to like keep the relationship? And again, I, I'm a, I love relationships. It's not about that. It's just, I'm also in business. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I think that is, uh, it's somewhat situational, right? Because you're going to have people that you're, you know, I, I think it is important to touch base, to check in with, with people that yeah. you do business with, with people that you, so it, but it would be awkward. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cold call someone and go just, you know, so just tell me like, how are you? Like, I don't have that relationship. Right. Um, so that's if, awkward. You're right. If someone called me yeah. that, I'd be like, you're, what's your name again? <laughs> right. So, but I, but it's completely appropriate for me to reach out to my current clients, maybe to even reach out a little bit beyond that radius to people that I did business with many years ago to just say, Hey, you know what? You, you popped up on my radio screen. I just want to check in with you. Um, what are you working on? What's different in your world? So again, I, I'm interested and I am genuinely interested. It's not, I'm not asking questions in order to ram my solutions right. down their throats. Right. 
pick a cell. I'm generally interested. So I think you want to look at it like a two-phase process. So today I might just say, you know what, I just today, the only reason I'm calling is to just say, hey, what's going on in your world? Everybody's impacted by this. Anything I can do to help you and just kind of leave it like that. But then I might also say, you know, if you're open to it at some point, maybe not today, maybe today is not appropriate, but I'd love to share with you how I've been shifting some of my offers in the business world. And I don't know if any of those would be appropriate for you mm-hmm. in light of everything that's gone on today, but I'm certainly happy to to share that if if that would be of interest. So I really, again, yeah, just sorry, I'm, interrupt you, I'm just saying what I really like about what you said is things that have shifted that we've shifted so, so it implies you've got new things to offer and you do because you have shifted. If you have, you're ahead of the game, right? You're not that SEO company I was talking about. Um, so, I, so, so anyways, you said that quickly, but I wanted to, th- to bring that back because I do think just that fact that you're saying I've shifted and I feel your pain. So, so I want to launch that over to the other part of the question I had, which is um, it seems like right now, and I and, and in some ways I hope this part stays a little bit, Merit, because I actually like the connection, the authenticity it's allowing us to have in relationships. I think maybe we didn't spend time on before. Um, but how do you think about really hearing and making sure that you're solving their today's challenges? Because as you and I talked about offline, I've talked about with the membership, my challenges of two months ago is not the same as it is now. And that I think is basically true across the board. There's very few that can say, oh no, everything I was dealing with in February in 2019 in January of 2020 is what I'm dealing with now. So how do you uncover and make sure that you're serving those new pains? That's a great question. I I think first what I've been um, in, you know working with my clients on is shifting their messaging about their offers. So, for example, it, you know in in January I might have said um, you know I do a lot of different things in my business. I speak at conferences. I I am an opening keynoter for you know large events and da da da. And so if you're open to it, I'd be happy to talk with you about that. Well. That's completely off the table right now. So that's, you know, so part of it is being responsible in our messaging of the pains that we solve today. Mm. So today I would say, you know, I do a lot of different things in my business, but I'm working with entrepreneurs, business leaders who run organizations and they're, they're frustrated because everything has changed overnight and their team's can't wait around to see how this shakes out. They need to be proactive, but they need to be appropriate about it. And so they're really looking at how do we, we don't need to, we don't want the philosophy of how do we like why we should change our messaging. We just want some good messaging that will work. We need it prescribed and handed to us. And I'm and and that's now what I'm doing more and more for my clients. And so when I articulate my offer like that, it allows them to see themselves in it in light of today, as opposed to being so married to the way that I would describe the work that I do three months ago, which is completely irrelevant to their needs today. So uh, one thing I want to highlight in that merit that I think is so important for all of us, and then I got a, we got a question that I'd like to get to. Um, and that is that what you're saying is you're not trying to to 
completely change up your knowledge, your expertise, your experience. What you're doing is really rearranging what you have in front of you, which is we all know is my definition of innovation is thinking differently about what's right in front of you, right? To repackage it in a way that's more meaningful to the people on the other side. I think sometimes when we think of making that leap, we get stuck in this trap of thinking that means we have to blow everything up and start from scratch. And I mean, I know you and I know your world. And what you really just highlighted there was that you really heard the customers and how they need to receive your information, your offering, and maybe tweak your offering a little bit in terms of how you delivered it. But it's not to say everything has to blow up to make that happen. Maybe it does for some, but that's that's not the starting point. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on With Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff Zoe is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition. And I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy's CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy, but before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. All right, let me get to the question. Okay, give me yeah. a second to read. I'll start by saying I respect both of you so much. Well, thank you. We'll thank you. <laughs> we'll we like you already. <laughs> um, thank you for everything. I am a transition military officer and have been talking to a headhunter and well-respected CEO in Tampa. Because the transition to corporate America deals with sales and leadership. Totally, right? And wow, you learned so much of that in the military. It's incredible. Is there any advice you both you both have from your experience or common trends with military officers that can help me? Tamara, I know you referenced the use of they in your podcast, and that has been so powerful in the military and fixed so many. Oh, Travis. Hi, Travis. Okay, you said his name. Okay, so first of all, thank you for that. And let me just say before I let Merritt have the floor, because I know she has a lot to say in this part, is that the 
if you have my book, Travis, I don't know if you do it in the book, I talk about an incredible story of a, a Navy officer who actually led a submarine ship, a nuclear submarine ship. And he talks about how he had to force them out of the word using they and to own, to create accountability. Um, and the one example that I kind of shared in it was he says that someone in maintenance didn't have the parts they needed. And he went to them and said, is this done? And they said, no. And what they wanted to say was, you know, supplies didn't get me the parts I needed in time, but anything they was not allowed. They didn't get me the parts in time. So he had to split and say, I don't have what I need yet to get it done. And he was talking about how the removal of they really changed the culture of the entire team. So just for everyone who's listening, kind of that's what that reference is to. And I'm glad Travis that you picked up on that. So Merit, let's talk about that. You know, I think that, um, I think that in order to be more influential with others, whether it's in a leadership role and military and business, we have to understand what has influence over us. So I was not expecting that. Go on. (laughs) So I I think that um, my, in making any transition like that, you want to really look at the strengths that had you be successful in one domain and how those apply in another domain. Um, I do a lot of work with emotional intelligence. And so that's always one of my go-to places to just identify the the kinds of specific strengths that you have. And, mm-hmm. and there's definitely some trends that I've seen from the, the folks with military experience that I've done assessments for and, and some of the strengths that they've really worked on and developed. And you could see that they've, they've uh, had those as strengths. But like I was talking about the empathy and assertiveness, that's the kind of stuff that when you see your wiring from a foundation of like your own mindset, and then you're layering on top of that, okay, these are the business skills that I need to to learn. And you lean into the strengths that you have to learn areas where you yet be as strong. That would be one of the, the main things that I would recommend putting a little focus and attention on as you make a transition into a different domain like business. You talk a little bit about persuasion in your work and how to be persuasive. So what does that mean to you? I feel like it's one of those words where we probably have, you ask 10 people and you get 10 different, you know, definitions to the same word. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, it goes back to what I said earlier, you know, to be more influential with others, we really do need to have understanding what has influence over us. And so being persuasive is really about, like, I, I can't, if I convince you of something, then you will recognize that. You may not recognize it in the moment because I'm good. <laughs> like, if I'm pushing. Well, you know, later, right? Later, you're like, did I really mean to agree to that? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I get that's, it. Never, that's never a good strategy. You never want to convince right, right, right. You of something. But if I'm persuasive, that means I'm really good at getting permission up front, first of all, to ask some questions. And then because I'm asking good questions, mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to discover for yourself what, you know, deeper things that you think about that issue or that you have more of a reason to want to solve this problem or whatever it is, right? So I think a good the art of being persuasive is really about being responsible for asking the right questions in an appropriate, comfortable way that allows somebody to experience an emotion that I can help them 
avoid in a in a conversation as opposed to in real life. So my my mindset is I'm not doing you any favors by not having a really tough conversation with you so that you can discover for yourself that you need what I have or that you want to follow me as a leader or whatever it is. Right. So being persuasive is more around the art of asking good questions and creating that environment where it's safe for them to tell you the real answers. And I think, you know, I can't really, if I try to be persuade you, that's more like convincing. But if I ask you questions, you can be, you can persuade yourself because I've led you down that path. Okay. So there are so many good nuggets in here and I want to focus on two of them, although there's more. So one is you said to an experience and emotion. And, you know, one of the things that we know in neuroscience, which relates a lot to sales, or it relates a lot to relationships, everything is we actually experience an emotion. I can't remember what the numbers are, but it's like a tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a second. And we experience it before we even know what's happening. And our responses are actually very emotionally based. We don't even know it, right? Yes, yes. So will you just talk a little bit about when you say like, we're trying to get someone to experience an emotion, how you think about that and how you actually do that? Because the neuro- neuroscience shows, so either way, an emotion is happening, right? But we're trying to guide them down a certain path. Yeah. Um, I mean, first I, I create some, you know, rapport so that they're comfortable And I think the other magic ingredient is that I let them know that they're not alone. So I might tell a third party story or, you know, I don't know if this is your issue at all, or if this is a concern or frustration. So I'm going to use the client is that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, recently I was having this conversation and with a CEO of a company about your size and gosh, they were so overwhelmed with blah, 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 blah. And so, I'm, I'm creating an environment in that conversation where they can step into acknowledging that they also share a similar emotion without feeling like they're the only one. Right. So um, the other thing that I love about what you just did there, Merit, is as you were sharing the third party story of like, gosh, I've been talking to these other CEOs of other companies this size, and they've been sharing how they're really overwhelmed or they're feeling a intense pressure or whatever it is you're really giving them permission to be more vulnerable and yes. to pull back the layers and make the conversation deeper. And and I would venture to say, right, that, tell me if I'm wrong, that the more real and vulnerable and deep and all that, those things that you can do with a person, the more likely you are to be persuasive, to get the deal, right? Because you're connecting with them on a much deeper level. So, okay. So that's helpful. So here's the second thing I want to dig in with you. And I know that you and I have some um, training in this area as well, uh, since we've done some business training together, but you talk about getting the real answers. And one of the things that I've experienced over and over again, and I know our members in the tribe have, and we've talked about this is, you know, you ask, somebody asks you a question, um, Merit, why do you think that idea uh, will work given X, Y, Z, right? And oftentimes that's actually not the real question. And then you ask that question of someone and the answer they give is often not the real answer. Let's say it's not real. It's the superficial answer. How do you get past the layers, you know, of people holding stuff close to their vest? And, and I don't know about you, but I, at least I give people the benefit of the doubt. I assume they don't, they're not trying to lie to me. They're not trying to be all like, you know, manipulative or hold off. I think that's just human nature. But how do we pull back the layers of that onion so we get to the real things that need to be said and the real answers. 
Oof. All right. <laughs> like the Oprah couch moment for us. And by the way, Travis, thank you. That was very helpful. So you are welcome. I'm glad you asked. Uh, well, first of all, um, if I understand your question correctly, so, so let's say somebody says, you know, okay, Merritt, tell me why you're different. Um, right? Like if I go, if the minute I say, you know, well, let me tell you all the reasons I'm different. I do this and I do that and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as I say any of that, I'm no different than anybody else. So I might turn that around and just say, well, I could tell you all the reasons why I think what I offer is different in the marketplace, but let me ask you a question. What have you heard so far that sounded different? Or, you know, so I, right? Like, yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. That way, Th whatever they say is going to be the right answer. Well, you know, so far you've asked me a lot of questions. Oh, okay. Th there it is. How did you, you guessed it. You got it. That was it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to use that same strategy in a lot of different applications. Right. And yeah, I don't, I, now I'm already blanking on the second part of your question, but well, I know that that's it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, well, it was a layered question, funny enough. <laughs> um, I just want to have this conversation and get your advice around how we get to the real questions, the real answers, the real yeah. conversations, because we tend to talk on surface. And again, I don't think it's because we always mean to. I think we're conditioned to do that. And sometimes we don't know what we're thinking. It takes us a second. So particularly when you're in a sales situation and the person on the other side of the table you know, is saying, well, I need more understanding here, or I don't get this. I, I'm not sure that's always really what they're getting at. Yeah, I I tend to just say some version of that. I'd say, well, I can, you know, I can, I start to answer the question and then it's almost like I interrupt myself mm -hmm. and, and respond with another question. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, well, in your example, you might say, um, you know, well, Merritt, how does this, how does your process work? Well, the first part of my process is, hold on a second. I, I could probably talk your ear off about my process. Let me, let me ask you this. You, you, you must've asked me for a reason. What specifically about that process is of interest to you? Oh, well, I wanted to know about how the timeline works. Right. And now you're going to the real conversation that you need to have. Okay. Yeah. That is that's exactly what I thank you, Merritt. By the way, I've seen for all of you watching or who will be listening later, I've seen Merritt in action on this and it's brilliant. <laughs> and it's one of the things that I always go on. It's one of the, let me tell you why you're different. It's one of the <laughs> things that I always try to remember from my training with you is that to ask a question before I answer, because oftentimes their second and third answer is actually way more insightful in terms of what they're really trying to get at. And what you need to, the objection you actually need to deal with. Can, can we talk a little bit though about this, how you, let's see if I get it right. How you sell is how you buy. So yes, talk about that. Cause that, I really want all of us in the community to pay attention to that. Cause I think it's the same as true for how we ignite innovation. Right. And I think it kind of applies to a lot of things. So talk about yeah. that. I've done a lot of work in this area. So I, my philosophy is there's, there's three things that you need to be successful in, in business, you know, sales, leadership, whatever. And it comes down to your mindset, the mechanics of what you're doing, right? Yeah. The mechanics of selling and the motion, right? Being in motion, taking action. And, but everything kind of layers on top of that mindset. And mindset for me breaks down into three categories. And, right. and I am going to answer your question very deliberately. Well, but yeah. what is that? So it's sort of your internal mind. And those are the beliefs, the things you say to yourself, internal mind, what I say to myself. 
Um, and those are the, the beliefs I have about decision makers, money, timelines, my own self-worth, all of that, right? Then there's behavioral mind. That's what my actions say to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've done disc, pro- I know you've done disc profiles and Myers-Briggs and all that falls into this category. So that's, you know, how I am being out there in the marketplace and what that tells you about how I am. And then there's the emotional mindset. And that is a probably even deeper level of really understanding like empathy and assertiveness and self-regard and impulse control and all these other emotional intelligence attributes. Right. So those are the three areas. Now, what you're talking about when, when I uh, lead programs and do training sessions around how you buy is how you sell, we're dealing with the belief systems in that internal mind. So the first thing you really want to do is kind of take an inventory of some of the beliefs you have about money. Uh, Like if if you think $1,000 is a lot of money, but you're out there selling $100,000 solutions, you're going to have a problem. Stuck in your throat, right? And I can remember um, a a time early in my career, I was selling radio advertising and we could manipulate a radio advertising schedule based on the day part. So if the, if you gave me like, I could only run your commercial at 7, 18 AM, that was expensive, right? Because I only had one minute of inventory that I could sell you. But if you right, gave right. me between 7 AM and 12 AM, I could put it anywhere. You gave me flexibility. The price went down. So I would sit there at the computer and try to manipulate the schedule that brought the price down so that they got the frequency they needed for the advertising campaign to work, but it wasn't a high number. And I negotiated so many deals down before I understand that my recent college graduate living on ramen noodle budget (laughs) was not the same as this corporate budget. (laughs) So how I would make buying decisions was impacting how I was selling. And once I learned that, once somebody shared that philosophy with me, it completely altered how I related to selling um, interactions. And um, and, it, and I had to do some internal mindset work around my own money concepts. And that shifted uh, my ability to transact bigger deals. Um, Mara, before we kind of close up, although I could ask you a million other questions, so helpful. Where can people go to find you? I know you've got some amazing stuff on your website. So talk a little bit about that. I think it would be remiss not to give people that opportunity. Well, thank you. Um, My website is meritbasedbusiness.com. And I'm super excited because as I've been listening to the marketplace and what people need and just shifting my business away from some of the live event things that I did and putting my expertise more into some digital offers. So I just launched the Merit-Based Business Academy and I'm constantly loading you know, new offers, some of our digital programs. I have a group coaching uh program that I'm doing and some exclusive private VIP coaching offers and some, uh, I know I talked a little bit about the emotional intelligence assessments. That's probably one of my favorite things that I've been doing lately with leadership teams is just really giving them a sense of who they are and what the strengths are of the team overall, and then how to raise the level of that leadership team so that Mm -hmm. their people are wanting to give their A plus effort. Um, and then the other thing I'm super excited about, uh, oh, one of the things I just put into the 
Business Academy is um, a persuasive proposal pack. Mm. So you know how you're, you spend a lot of time trying to like get a brand new custom proposal, yes. you know, looking right and all the elements of it. So I kind of took the best proposals that I've done over the years and mm. put it into a template that's easy to edit, but it baked in has all of the, the, the sales strategies, like all of the, this is why you want to have this conversation right here in this part of the play. That's kind of cool. So that's a new offer. And, um, and then there's also the Smarter Sales Show podcast, which I did with my co-host, Julie Holmes. And we talk about, she's an expert in technology. And so I'm the sales technique uh, expertise to the party and she brings the technology. So the show is really about the tech and technique you need to sell more and stress less. And actually today we are taking episode 12 of season one live and that will published anyway. And that has our summary of all the lessons that we both cool. learned over 11 episodes. So you can kind of listen to that episode, hear our favorites, and then go listen to the earlier episodes where we go into more detail about the different tech and technique to sell more and stress less. <laughs> so um, that was awesome. And in the podcast, we'll put in the show notes, all those links. So thank you. Go get Merit stuff. And by the way, there's a prize to anyone who can accurately tell me why our last names, Khan and Gondor might be the two most amazing last names to have on the same video <laughs> ever. And I mean, ever. 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 We know why. <laughs> Sci-fi. <laughs> right? I love it. That's my... Okay. Um, I won't give any more hints away. I really <laughs> be happy to see those two last names, Gondor and Khan, side by side. Okay. Um, Merritt, the last question, the last piece of advice I want from you is how you think about selling your ideas or your products and services, whatever it is, when you are the difference between selling when you are in a relationship with reality, as you say, or when you are fighting reality, I kind of want to bring it back to that, because I think that's the place a lot of us are really going, oh, my gosh, I need to really be in a relationship with reality right now. And that's going to change how I do things. I think when you try to sell from a perspective where you're in an argument with reality, you'll find it's an uphill battle. You'll be pulling your hair out. It's how you know you're doing that is it's all about you. When you mm -hmm. sit there and you're trying to force sales or force your solutions yeah. on a marketplace that's not receptive to it, you are in an argument with reality. And all you need to do to shift that is to listen first for how you can serve the, the reality of the marketplace that you serve and, and how you can, uh, you know, sort of take your expertise. Maybe it's repackage it, represent it, you know, re rethink the, the way you deliver it. It's still the same offer, but it's just in a different format, perhaps may or may not be the switch you need to make, but, you'll know you're no longer in an argument with reality when the marketplace responds to you. Thank you. That's exactly what we were hoping for. Right. So I think there's a lot to be excited about. I think those are very wise words and a sentiment to end on. So Merit, thank you. 
for joining. And thank you. Just so you all know, Merritt agreed to this last minute. I think I texted you yesterday or the day before. I remember we were texting about something else. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Do you want to come on? All right. I am so confident in Merritt's skills that she had no prep. I didn't send my questions ahead of time like I do with other guests. I just was like, we're going to get on and talk. So Merritt, way to crush it. Thank you for your insights. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tamara. Always a pleasure. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tamara will be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.